Hi, I'm your host, Amy Frina. For over 30 years, Care Credit has been enabling people just like you to get the care, procedure, or surgery they want or need when they want it. Behind the thousands of amazing testimonials we receive from our cardholders are the dedicated providers and healthcare workers who make these stories possible. We are giving you exclusive access to these well-respected and renowned care experts who are all part of our Care Credit Network and asking them to share the information and answers you need to make informed decisions about your health, wellness, and personal care. We are talking about facelifts. Facelifts have come a long way as technology and surgical techniques have improved. Here to tell us all about it is renowned board-certified plastic surgeon, Dr. Brian Eichenberg. Dr. Eichenberg has a private practice, Renuance, in Marietta, California. He obtained his medical degree from Georgetown University and is a diplomat of the American Board of Plastic Surgery, which is a significant personal and professional achievement. We are here today with Dr. Eichenberg. How are you today? I'm great. Thank you. All right. So we're going to just start right from the beginning, and I'm going to ask you a couple questions about yourself. Are you sure. ready? Sure. I'm ready. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about your journey to plastic surgery. Uh, it's sort of interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, I grew up on a farm in a rural part of Michigan in the Midwest. I had no idea I would ever become a doctor, met a doctor like once in my life because we couldn't even see them because we were so far on the country. Interesting. I, um, when I went to college, I was really good at math and science. Uh, one of my professors said, you know, you should go to medical school. Hmm. And that's the first time it really occurred to me. I said, well, I don't even know how. How would you do it? And he helped me figure it out. And then when I got to medical school, I love kids. I thought I was going to be a pediatrician. Okay. Uh, but then once I saw these sick kids, it kind of made me sad having yeah. to deal with that all day, Absolutely. every day. And so I'm really good with my hands. I'm kind of artsy. I thought, okay, I'm going to go into surgery. And eventually I ended up in plastic surgery. Awesome. So when you're not working, mm -hmm. um, what are your hobbies? I do a lot of exercise. I run several triathlons every year. Wow. We live close to the beach uh, specifically so I can run and swim and bike. Nice. So that's kind of fun for me. All right. Tell us about one of your most interesting cases. Maybe something that stands out a little from the rest. Wow. Uh, I've done a lot of interesting cases <laughs> in my lifetime. Uh, there's probably not a lot of surgeons in this world that have helped separate Siamese twins. Really? Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about that. I'm intrigued. So that was quite a while ago. It was at Loma Linda University Medical Center, and we had a pair of twins from Arizona. The mom knew she was having Siamese twins, so she came to Loma Linda for us to separate them. Uh, and, of course, there were many people involved. There was about 15 different surgeons involved wow. and about 100 people on the operating room team. There were one team just to separate the babies and then another team of plastic surgeons just to close them up and make wow. them look good afterwards. How incredible. It, it was a really neat experience. Wow. I bet uh, your job is incredibly rewarding. It really is. Mm -hmm. uh, people that know me know I love going to work every day. I love my job. We really we make people feel better about themselves every day. Yeah. And I feel like we kind of empower women every day. So it's, it makes it really fun for me. That's wonderful. What about uh, the most interesting <clears throat> place you've been? Hmm. I've gotten a chance to travel a lot in my lifetime. Okay. Um, I once went on a medical mission, or actually it was a medical evacuation, 
where we flew to Russia mm -hmm. to help evacuate an American citizen who was sick there. Wow. And so we flew to Alaska, then we flew to China, and then we landed in Russia and went to the hospital, got this guy, and put him on our plane, and then I was the medical doctor to fly him back to the United States to take care of him. Wow, that actually kind of piggybacks your most interesting case there, huh? Uh, <laughs> Similar. Well, and because we we were flying on a small jet plane and we knew we'd be in the middle of nowhere, mm -hmm. they the people who called me and said, can you go do this? They said, um, do you mind taking a hand drill with you and if you need to are you comfortable drilling a hole in his head because he had a brain injury you know to relieve the pressure there and I, wow. <laughs> I said yeah I'll do that if I need to do that but I really don't I don't want to do that <laughs> <laughs> wow that sounds incredible though what a cool experience and he came home safely so that's he did the come most home important safely. thing yeah awesome all right so before we begin can you tell us a little bit about your credentials your background your schooling so, uh, like I said, I grew up in Michigan. I went to Grand Valley State University, a small school in Western Michigan, mm -hmm. and then I went to Georgetown Medical School in Washington, D.C. Okay. After that, I actually met my wife in medical school. She's a medical doctor. Wonderful. And we both came to Loma Linda University and did our residencies there, mine in plastic surgery course. Um, so four years of medical school, six-year plastic surgery residency, and then I started practicing here in Southern California. That was 20 years ago wow. now. Mm -hmm. All right, and you love it here. Not going back to the cold. No, I won't be able to live in Michigan again. <laughs> All right, well, let's jump into facelifts. So mm -hmm. what is a facelift, and why would someone seek out this procedure? So a facelift, you, you're literally lifting the face. You're pulling th things back up, mm -hmm. you know, that gravity pulls down over the years. And there's right. other things besides gravity. Um, you know, if you lose a lot of weight and gain a lot of weight, that can stretch your skin. Smoking and a lot of sun damage can hurt mm -hmm. your skin. But a facelift is meant to correct all those things and make people look younger. Gotcha. And why would you want to have that? Well, if you're young and beautiful, then, you know, Thanks. a lot of people say, <laughs> a lot of people say, well, I'm never going to have that stuff. You know, I'm uh -huh. just going to age naturally. But then as you get older, you know, you people every day tell me I feel so much younger than I look. Or sometimes they say, you know, people ask me if I'm angry or tired, and I'm not, but that's the way I look. Mm. And so sometimes it, it helps people to feel more confident about themselves. Sometimes it helps them to stay competitive in the workplace, mm -hmm. you know, because are they going to hire this person or this 70-year-old person that doesn't look as beautiful as you? You know, mm -hmm. a lot of people say, well, you know. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I get it. So there, there's, a lot, there's a lot of good reasons to it. Um, Pretty much every surgery we do, I tell women, uh, sometimes men also, but I tell people, you do this for yourself. It's to feel better about yourself, to feel more confident. And okay. there's nothing wrong with aging gracefully and not having any surgery, but it's something that really can help you feel better about yourself, and that's the main reason we do a lot of our surgeries. What makes a good candidate? A good candidate for a facelift has typical things, like I tell people there's three main things that a facelift does for you. It gets rid of a bunch of extra skin, mm -hmm. Um, it gets rid of the jowls, so uh, our cheeks are normally up here when mm -hmm. we're 20, and then gravity keeps pulling them down. And then when you get this extra skin hanging down here, those are the jowls. And then the third main thing that it gets rid of is the uh, turkey neck. Gotcha. All right. And you said men and women equally. Uh, yeah, are good absolutely. Candidates. Anyone is a candidate for this, and anyone that wants to look younger can be a candidate for this. Probably 90% of the ones we do are women. Um, but we do them in men all the time. Uh, in men, we do a lot of eye surgery because mm -hmm. that's more important to men. Okay. All right. So can you just give us kind of a general average cost of a facelift surgery? 
uh, it, it can depend on what's involved, so it's always a range. Mm -hmm. But anywhere from 9000 to you know, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars Okay. So, doctor, if someone has decided that they're going to have the surgery, um, but they maybe don't have the money set aside uh, to pay for it, what financing options are available? There's a lot of financing options available. The one we use the most often is Care Credit. Mm -hmm. And Care Credit is a great financing company. They give patients a whole range of options they can use. They can uh, spread their payments out over a short time or a long time. So they give them a whole bunch of different options and awesome. can help them finance not only their surgery, but even their medical spa procedures like Botox. Interesting. Okay. Thank you. Got it. So if someone out there has decided, I definitely want to have this surgery, but I don't know which surgeon, what advice do you have for them to seek out their plastic surgeon? That's a really good question. People think about that a lot. Mm -hmm. Of course, people Google different plastic surgeries yep. and different plastic surgeons a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot of misinformation out there, so it's important to do your homework. If you go to a board-certified plastic surgeon, those are people that are specifically trained to do this surgery. Mm -hmm. And so, like I said, I had 10 years of training after college before I went out and started doing this on my own. Mm -hmm. If you go to a cosmetic surgeon that's not a board-certified plastic surgeon, they don't necessarily have any of that. They could have 10 years less training and that can make a really big difference in the outcome of your surgery. Gotcha. So when you finally get your consultation with your surgeon, what questions do you recommend the patient ask? You wanna ask, there's, there's lots of things. How long have you been doing this? Are you a board certified plastic surgeon? Mm -hmm. um, what kind of recovery am I gonna have? What's gonna happen the day of my surgery? Um, you know, when can I go back to work after surgery? Um, if there's a problem, you know, what are the most common things that would happen and how often do they happen? Right. Those are good questions to ask. Okay, we'll come back to some of that in a little bit, but is there anything regarding the procedure that the patient should maybe ask during the consultation, anything specific? When I do a facelift on someone, first I wanna mention, I tell people I think it's great to see several plastic surgeons, because mm -hmm. um, then you get different points of view. Uh, a facelift in particular is a very artistic procedure, and of mm -hmm. course there's lots of science and medicine involved. Um, but I think there's really a lot of art involved where you get to mold and sculpt someone's face. And that's mm -hmm. the reason I really love doing facelifts. Um, but if you go to different plastic surgeons, then four different plastic surgeons might tell you four different things. And right. it doesn't mean one's right and the others are wrong. In their hands, that's what they think is the best for you. I often, I think it's very important for you as the patient to tell me, this is what I want to look like. These are my goals. And I think it's very important to communicate with your doctor so they understand, okay, this is what I'm looking for. I often tell people, bring me pictures from you from 10 to 15 years ago, because mm -hmm. usually that's what people want to look like. Right. And so that I, I put them up in the operating room. That's our goal. I want them to look like that at the end of surgery. Oh, that's neat that you put it up in the operating room. Mm -hmm. I haven't heard that yet. So you kind of touched on risks and complications. Can you kind of tell us a little bit more about what could happen? Surgery in general is very safe, mm -hmm. and uh, surgery like a facelift is an elective surgery, so you don't have to have it done. Right. So we, if, if we have any worries at all about somebody's health, we make sure they go to the regular doctor and they tell us, yes, they're healthy enough to have the surgery. It's not worth risking your life over. Right. Um, but in general, it's a very safe surgery. There's a very minimal complications that can happen. Uh, bleeding is a risk. You always bleed a little during surgery. Um, Sometimes people get a hematoma, so after we finish the surgery, they'll cough or they'll be in pain, and so they'll bleed somewhere in their face, and then we'll have to go in and drain that blood out afterwards. 
It happens only a few percent of the time, three mm-hmm. to five percent of the time, but it's, it's one of the risks of surgery. Okay. Uh, infection is a risk. It's even more rare than hematoma, and we usually give people antibiotics before, during, and after surgery to prevent that. Okay. Is there anything that the patient can do at home before the surgery to kind of prepare themselves for it? Uh, it, I think it's really good to ask lots of questions because Mm -hmm. if you know what's going to happen before, during, and after your surgery, Mm -hmm. then people are usually more comfortable and they understand what's going on. So they don't get in a situation where they don't understand what's happening because they expected everything that is happening. Is there anything, I mean, obviously staying in good shape, kind of mentally preparing for the surgery, anything else that's kind of important? That helps it. Um, you want to have your life in order because most people need to take a week or two off work. And so you need to have help at home. Uh, You know, you want to have all that stuff prepared. You don't want to have to rush back and have lots of things to do. Um, So it helps you do that stuff. You're absolutely right. Great nutrition is important. And if you're healthy before surgery, you're going to recover more quickly after surgery. If you smoke, uh, you know, have medical problems like diabetes, then you try and minimize that stuff so that uh, you heal better after surgery. Gotcha. So there's a difference between a mini and a standard facelift, correct? Correct. Elaborate on that for me. That can be different with different doctors also. Okay. Typically, uh, what we tell people a mini facelift is facelift is, is that it's something short of an entire facelift. And as I mentioned, entire facelift, we pull the cheeks up higher, we get rid of the jowls, and we tighten up the neck and give you a nice jawline. When we do a mini facelift, somebody sometimes says, well, my neck's fine, so can you just pull up my cheeks and do that? Gotcha. You know, So that could be a mini facelift. Or somebody might say, well, I have this neck and some jowls, but I have really nice cheeks already, so can you just do a little of that? So typically we don't do everything. We just do part of it, but people still have concerns and they want to have a mini facelift. Okay, and then a standard would be all of those things. Come and on. then a standard is typically all those things and then... Um, some things that typically aren't included, but we very often do with a facelift are, you know, the upper and lower eyelids, and sometimes we do a brow lift. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sometimes people do their noses at the same time. It's all kinds of different things we do along with a facelift. Okay. So tell us how the procedure is performed from so, anesthesia. Okay. So the procedure itself, yeah. So uh, people come to the operating room. Typically, we do it under general anesthesia, mm-hmm. so they're completely asleep but sometimes we do it under twilight anesthesia, so they're sedated, but they don't have the tube in their throat. And either way, it's very safe. Um, and then we typically make an incision around the ear. Mm-hmm. We hide, we bring it in the hairline mm-hmm. so that it's hidden, and then it's curved around the ear so that uh, the incision uh, is hidden around there, and then it goes right behind the ear and then back into the hairline again. So even if uh, women have their hair up and, you know, in a bob or a ponytail or something like that, it, it usually is very difficult to see those scars after surgery. So once we make those incisions, we literally peel all the skin off the entire face so that uh, we can reach under, we can reach behind each ear and touch our hands under the neck. So all the skin on the face gets all peeled up. Sorry if I'm being too graphic. <laughs> Could you tell? No, <laughs> keep going. <laughs> uh, and then, and that's the first layer. Uh, and it used to be 50 years ago, that was a facelift tightened up the skin and that right. was it. But we've realized through a lot of studies that we've done and a lot of science that the face isn't just the skin, between the skin and the bone, there's a whole bunch of tissues in there. Right. And so we take all those tissues and that's what makes the jowls and makes some of these lines here. And we reposition all those tissues and that's usually what makes your cheeks higher and all that. So all that stuff we move back up because gravity pulled it back down and then we redrape the skin to make it look nice. Gotcha.
Okay. So what can the patient expect um, after the procedure in recovery? So usually people stay about an hour in recovery and then they're pretty awake and can go home afterwards. And um, after about a week, all the swelling goes down. And uh, I tell people, usually after a week, you can wear makeup and look pretty good if you need to go out. Uh, or you need to, two weeks if you're going to be at a big social engagement or you wouldn't want anybody to know. Um, immediately after surgery, people are usually in a little pain. So it takes several days where you're on pain medicine and at home and you're pretty swollen. You know, mm -hmm. So we tell people, have, have some help and have a fridge full of food because right. you, know, you don't want to have to go anywhere for a uh -oh. few days. But, but people aren't bedridden even the day of surgery. You know, they usually sit at the table and have dinner and get up and go to the bathroom by themselves and stuff gotcha. like that. Okay. How about follow-up appointments? How many are expected? What we usually do at our office is we see everyone the day after surgery. Mm -hmm. We like it because it's fun to see them and make sure they're doing okay, and the patients like it because sometimes they just have simple questions. Of course. You know, why is there this thing there or that thing there? So we think that really helps to see people the day after surgery. We see people usually a week after surgery, and we take out all the sutures uh, and, you know, tell them they can wear makeup and wash their hair and all that. And then usually a couple weeks after that, we see them and make sure everything's good, and then, you know, several months later. Gotcha. Okay. So you kind of said earlier about a week to two weeks off of work. What's pretty typical? Yeah, two weeks is pretty typical. Mm -hmm. um, if, it's, if it's a different part of your body where you can cover it up, then people can often go back after a week. Mm -hmm. um, but if you have a facelift, no one could tell you that you won't be bruised after a week. Right. So there can often be bruising and women can often cover it with makeup. But if you didn't want anybody to know, you'd need at least a couple weeks off. What about um, household chores and getting back into the gym? Typically, how long are you off of that? That's a good point. We tell people, keep your head above your heart, because if you're leaning over doing gardening or tying your shoes, mm -hmm. then you're going to have a lot more swelling. Um, so you have to keep your head above your heart, and then you don't want to do anything where you have to strain a lot. Right. So I tell people usually a week after surgery that you can lift light weights 10 pounds or less, or you mm -hmm. could go on the treadmill four miles an hour or less. Um, you just don't want to do heavy lifting where you're having to strain a lot because that can cause swelling. Okay. What can a patient expect after they've had their facelift and they're going through recovery? Well, they can certainly expect to look younger. Mm -hmm. And uh, feel good. You know, and that's the whole idea. And mm -hmm. so, and that's one of the great things about it when they come in a week after surgery, like, wow, I feel so good and uh -huh. I look so good. Um, it can be difficult for a few days after surgery because, you know, people are really swollen and they're in some pain right. and they look in the mirror and they think, why did I do this? Mm -hmm. And I don't know if I should have done this. Uh, so we often see that in the immediate recovery That's good to part know. of the surgery. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and we tell people it's not unexpected. You know, it's hard when you right. go through a, it's kind of a trauma, you know, but you did it because you know you're gonna look good afterwards. Right. Um, but usually after a week then, you know, people are feeling pretty good and then, you know, you're off the pain medicine, you can drive and get back out and do most things. All right, Dr. Eichenberg, well, thank you for sharing so much information with us about facelifts. And now we are going to go into a lightning round where I'm gonna ask you a couple questions. What do you say? Great, let's go. All right, cat or a dog? Dog. All right, hardtop or convertible? Convertible. Surf or ski? Surf. Golf or run? I kind of already know the answer. Run. Okay. Night owl or early bird? Early bird. Decaf or calf? Calf. All right, yeah, you kind of need it. And do you shop in store or online? Mostly online. All right, NBA or NFL? Oh, I love them both. NFL, okay. I think. All right, who's your team? Detroit Lions. Okay. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for your time. We appreciate yeah. it. 
We learned a lot about facelifts from one of the country's leading board-certified plastic surgeons. If you're considering a facelift, we hope we've provided the information that you need to decide if you want to take the next step and schedule a consultation. Remember, Care Credit is a leading national healthcare credit card that can enable you to get many of the surgeries, procedures, and treatments you want now and pay over time with everyday promotional financing on purchases of $200 or more. Care Credit can also be used to pay for copays, coinsurance, deductibles, and your health and wellness needs. Care Credit is accepted at hundreds of thousands of locations nationwide to pay for care whenever you need and want it. If you're interested in applying for a Care Credit credit card or would like to find a provider in your area who accepts Care Credit, visit us at carecredit.com. And if you found this information valuable, please leave us a five-star review on the App Store, a thumbs up, and share it with a friend. I'm Amy Frena with Care Credit, and I'll see you soon. Thanks for joining us on Care Experts with Care Credit. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and share with friends and family. And stay tuned for new episodes every week. This content is subject to change without notice and offered for informational use only. You are urged to consult with your individual advisors with respect to any information presented. Synchrony and any of its affiliates, including Care Credit, collectively Synchrony, makes no representations or warranties regarding this content and accepts no liability for loss or harm arising from the use of information provided. All statements and opinions in Care Experts with Care Credit are the sole opinions of the guest. Your receipt of this material constitutes your acceptance of these terms and conditions.